Welcome back to the Something Better My Darling podcast. I am here to help women find their purpose without compromising their values and ultimately reach their full potential. Whether you are struggling with self-worth, confidence, or lack of taking action, this is for you. I am so excited you're here. I can't wait to get to know you. If you've listened to my podcast, you should have most of the background on me and why I believe with all of my heart and soul in helping women find and reach their full potential without compromising their values. That is key. Today, I want to talk a little bit about one of my favorite words, one of my favorite things. It's called headspace. Now, come to find out, the definition in the English dictionary is not at all how I define headspace. According to dictionary.com, headspace is, quote, empty space left above the contents of a closed jar, can, or other container, or headroom. Headroom resonates a little closer to how I'd use the word, but still not quite. To me, headspace is that amount of room in my brain that is opened up when I am not obsessing over something that is not worth my time and effort, something that I can't control. I started using this word headspace when I actually had some headspace. I didn't know what it was until I had it. When I was dating Switzerland Sven, I was never worried about when I was going to see him or talk to him because I always just knew that allowed me to think about so many other things and to use my headspace for other ideas, other concepts that I wanted to be working, working on. Amazing things that I didn't even realize I needed to be focusing on or thinking about. I quickly fell in love with my headspace and my capacity to learn and think and grow. Now, after uh, Switzerland Sven disappeared, yes, I missed him and I mourned what I thought was going to be, but I missed my headspace too. I think I missed my headspace more. I wanted that back so badly. Then I realized I could have my headspace. It was completely up to me to make whatever changes necessary to stay in my current state of mind, my current euphoria of this headspace. Here is how to identify what is taking up your headspace, how to get your headspace under control, and what to do when you feel those old habits creeping in. Step one, you need to identify what is taking up your headspace now. So for one day, I want you to write down every hour what you've been thinking about. I know this might seem extreme, but think of it like a food log if you were trying to lose weight. I need you to log your thoughts instead of your food. At the end of the day, look at what themes you see for your thoughts. There will be some themes, you know, that you can't lose, um, like making sure that your kids have to be in the right place or work items, budget, things like that. So some of these themes are going to stick and that's okay. But if any one of these is taking up too much of your time and headspace, we do need to adjust that. Oftentimes, the item or theme that is taking up the majority of our headspace is that one thing that your mind is constantly wandering to when you are are kind of daydreaming. If you are sitting in a meeting and you start to lose focus, where does your mind go? You can budget your thinking time about a task just like you can your money. But first, you need to know where your thinking time is being spent, just like your money or just like your food. This is why logging your thoughts for one day is important. 
Step two, look at your thought log and determine if you are spending an appropriate amount of time on each item or if you're obsessing over the details and then you can budget accordingly. So categorize your thought log, add up the time. I recommend those general categories, kids, work, family, relationships, faith, whatever those big buckets are, and you will see those as you log them. But this will give you a clear picture of exactly where you are spending that time and how you might need to adjust. So you might be thinking, um, well, what is the appropriate amount of time? Uh, yeah, that, that's a good question. And this really does depend. If you have a thought about the kids' schedule for a week and you need to work out who's picking them up or you know, what kind of one practices and all those kinds of things that we all do, um, if you have children and you have it on your calendar and you've done everything you can with it, and let's say that takes you 15 minutes, and then that's great, and then it's done. That's an appropriate amount of time. Now, it might take you longer depending on how many children you are, you have. But again, once that task is done, it's done. Now, if you continue to worry about those practices, what if Susie's practice changes and then I can't get little Jimmy to his? Or what if the weather is bad and they cancel and then I can't get there in time after work? How is this going to impact impact what's going to be happening with our schedules? And let's say that takes up another 20 minutes of your time. That is not an appropriate amount of time. You can't control that, so do not let that take up your valuable headspace. You have to let that go. Step three, identifying how to fill your valuable headspace. Now that you know how to free up your mind, what should you do with all of this extra brain power? This is the perfect time to stop and listen. Don't try too hard to think of something, you know, be like, oh my goodness, okay, now I've stopped worrying about all this other stuff. What should should I be thinking about instead? Just take some time and be silent and see what kind of comes to you. If sitting in silence is a challenge for you, maybe what is that one thing or those couple of things that you're always saying, if I had more time or, um, you know, if, if I could only do X, Y, or Z, what would that be? Or maybe you have a nudge that you've been ignoring and now you have some time to stop and listen to that and really think about what that nudge could look like for you. This doesn't have to be anything huge. This could be something as simple as you've been wanting to redo a bedroom for a long time or clean a closet or, you know, clear out a storage shed or look at property, something. I don't know anything, but start looking at that and take action. And if you need to start small, start small. Once you get used to the new cadence, you'll find more and more headspace to work with. Step four, start each morning with a clear intention of setting the tone for the day. I would say that growing up, I was probably a morning person. I was not one of those children who really slept until noon or even 11 for that matter. I'm sure my mother was so excited about it. Um, But it was generally easy for me to get up in the morning. This has helped me. I will mention this book and process as much as I can, and that is The Miracle Morning by Hal Elrod. It is a quick and easy read, and the process has truly changed my mornings and my life. The concept, if you're not familiar with it, is based around getting up earlier so that you can accomplish everything you generally would put off during the day. His methodology is based around the term savers, silence, affirmations, visualization, 
exercise, reading, and scribe or journaling. This process has allowed me to continue to cultivate my headspace and provides me with the clarity and direction I need to be headed. It really also allows me time to take action on those ideas and thoughts that I have allowed the room for. The Miracle Morning allowed me to write the workbook for my business, to write these podcasts, and to create additional content. I promise you, you will become addicted to a Miracle Morning and you will want to find ways to add more time to your mornings, even if that means getting up earlier and earlier. Step five, when obsessing sets in, feel it and then let it go. We all know that old, we all know that old habits die hard. Even after you think you've conquered them, they can usually creep back in whether we want them to or not. So don't ignore them when they try to do this. It would be like suppressing a feeling and and we know that's never a good thing because it will just explode at some point. What you need to do is acknowledge what is happening, feel it, and then let it go. You might need to work through it a little bit and that's okay too, but do that and then I then really let it go. <laughs> let it go. It's so funny. Uh that reminds me I was watching an episode of The Big Bang Theory and Penny was trying to tell Sheldon to let something go and so she told him to visualize a pen holding in his hand and that pen was this thing he was thinking about and then to let it go. But um, in true Sheldon fashion, he said that was his favorite pen and had his name on it. And he was having all of this trouble letting this go. Anyway, uh, that's a little bit of a rabbit hole. But anyway, it just made me think of that. But let me give you an example. You know that for the better part of five years, I was obsessed with finding the perfect partner to the point where it took up way too much of my time and headspace. And guess what? It didn't work. (laughs) In many cases, I was left feeling empty and unloved. There are times when being alone is hard, even now, and the idea of searching and finding for that perfect person comes back to me. I'm not saying that wanting or looking for a partner is bad because it isn't, and I do want that. However, I don't want it to consume my brain all the time. And this is an easy rabbit hole for me to go down. So when I feel this starting to creep up, when I feel like I'm getting triggered, I have to pause and ask myself, why am I trying to control the situation? Why am I feeling like I need this? And what outcome would fill my bucket? After I work through a couple of these, I let it go because I know at the right time, God will put the right person in my life, which is a perfect compliment to me and my children. I can't control that, so I need to, you guessed it, let it go. Step six, enjoy and love your headspace. Embrace your headspace and everything it can offer you. I promise you that this too will become addicting and intoxicating. I safeguard my headspace closely and you should too. You will be amazed at how many wonderful ideas are floating around in your soul and in your mind when you just make some room for them. One last thought. If you've ever seen the movie Eat, Pray, Love, the headspace reminds me of a scene where Julia Roberts' character is in India and Richard Jenkins' character is talking to her after they've just been to a wedding for a young girl and they both start remembering their weddings and some of the the tragedy that had come from an end marriage. And he tells her that if she can just get out of her head, 
that a wave, a gush of love and freedom would come in. That's a paraphrase. They say it much better in the movie. But this is exactly what headspace is. It is about that room that your brain has if you just let some of these other things get out of the way so you can make room for them. I can't wait to hear about everything you accomplish with your new headspace. Um, please drop some comments. Let me know what, what you're thinking and, and how you're going to work through this. And if you have any questions, absolutely, please let me know. Maybe you're ready to take a journey and start taking massive action to reach your potential, or maybe you're still trying to decide. Either way, I'm so excited to have you here. My soul is truly on fire to help you. If you'd like to join me on a journey, visit somethingbettermydarling.com and click on Give Me 40 Days to sign up for a summer or fall journey. Connect with me on Instagram or Facebook at Something Better My Darling. Or if you'd like to see me and my kiddos and my fur baby, you can find me at Mandy Lene. This is Something Better, my darling. Thank you for listening. Make today great, my darlings.